Welcome to Free Chapel Spartanburg with Pastor Javon Ruff. Let's join the service in progress. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up with me to the book of um, Ezekiel chapter 1. Ezekiel chapter 1. If you're here for the first time this week, welcome and so glad you're here. Last week I started on this subject called Game Faces of the Believer. And I taught from this particular text in the book of Ezekiel. And I'm not going to read the whole thing for the sake of the text and time. But I'm going to jump down to Ezekiel chapter 4. I mean, Ezekiel chapter 1. And I'm going to read verse 10. If you do not, if you weren't here last week, you can listen to that message on the podcast. We have little cards out in the lobby that you can snap those and get those. And um, But I'm going to jump into part 2 of this this week. And last week I talked about the ox. How many of you remember that, that last week? Come on. Strength is for service, not for status. Strength is for service. We talked about the strength of the ox. Well, this week I want to go to the second one. And in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 10, I'll read it. And it says, And for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side, each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side and each of the four had the face of an eagle and I'll stop right there and today I want to talk about the game face of the lion the lion the lion thank you I appreciate you so much the game face of the lion I said last week that like athletes have game faces they prepare to go into the battles of their arena of sports. Likewise, the body of Christ, believers, followers of Christ, their postures and game faces or attitudes that we should have too that are critical to our walk and relationship with God. And today I want to talk about the lion, the lion. Of course, you know, naturally, geographically, or I mean, or, or I'm thinking about national geographic, um, 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 my mother-in-law um, loves animals, and um, she's always, when she's at our house, you'll never find the TV on any other channel but animals. And, um, and when she comes, and sometimes when we're away and she comes to stay with our kids, you know, my kids have this thing about picking at their nana, saying, all she does is look at animals. And, um, but what's funny about that, I'm amazed at her, her her ability to know so much about animals and different types of animals. And um, I wasn't thinking, I said, I should have sat her when I was studying this to get, actually ask her some questions. But I thought about that, but she's always looking at animals. And, um, and of course, when you think of the lion, it's known as the king of the jungle. Very strong, very mighty beast of the jungle. King of the jungle is what it's referred to as. But I don't want to stay on that side. I want to look at the line biblically and what it symbolizes. Several things, the scripture is very clear when it comes to the lion. It represents kingship, represents royalty, and it represents boldness. Say that with me, kingship, royalty, and boldness. As I was looking at this particular text and this one passage of scripture that really stood out to me, The Bible said this in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 8, and um, verses 14 and 15. Listen to this. There was a group of men that were called the Gadites, 
who came to David in his stronghold in the wilderness. They were brave warriors, ready for battle, and able to handle the shield and spear. Listen to this. Their faces were the faces of lions, and they were swift as gazelles in the mountains. And verse 14 and 15 says, these Gadites were army commanders. The least, listen to this, was a match for a hundred, and the greatest for a thousand. It was these men who crossed the, the Jordan in the, in the first month when it was overflowing its banks. And now I don't have time to dive into the history, but when, when the Jordan was overflowing, it was, made, it was small. If you've ever been to Israel, uh, when it's not flood time, you'll see really it's, it's, it's small in some, very, very small in some areas um, that you can cross over and walk over, even jump over. But at flood time, it changes tremendously. But these were men, the Bible said, that they didn't do crossover when things were easy. It was says at the height of its most difficult time, these were the, were, the, were the time that these men crossed over the Jordan River. And it said they put to flight every living in the valley and the east and in the west. These men, what I love about it, it said they had faces like lions. They had the game face of a lion. They were mighty leaders. They achieved the impossible and they overcame the enemy and they took the land. But what's awesome about this is I want to digress a moment because they didn't start out there. Because in 1 Samuel, the Bible said in chapter 1 Samuel chapter 22, these same men, when David was in the wilderness after being anointed king, he was in the wilderness in the stronghold where we learn of the story called the cave of Adullam, which means refuge. The Bible said there was a group of men that were discontented. They were distressed. They were in debt, the scripture said. And they came to David in this low time, in this downtime of their life. And I love this. And the Bible said, and David became captain over them. David became the leader over them. David became the overseer over them. And it was in that transition when they submitted themselves, watch this, to the king that their whole lives were transitioned and transformed. The whole trajectory of their lives were changed. Notice this. They went from faces of being distressed, faces of being in debt, faces of being defeated, faces of being discontented, to the Bible said they went to faces of lions where they began to achieve, they began to be successful, they began to take territory and new ground. And the difference was, is that when they came, watch this subject, or under the authority of King David, that their lives were changed. They went from faces of defeat to faces of victory. Can I preach a little bit? Because if that was what happened when they came under King David, how much more is when we submit our lives to King Jesus? It represents the difference that your life can be when you surrender it and totally submit it to King Jesus. He's the one that can take discontented, distressed, down and out, broken faces and turn those faces into faces of victory, triumph, and success. 
And when I look out into this audience, there are many faces that are now victorious that were once defeated. There are many faces that were once down and out that are now up and in because somewhere along the line, you came encounter into an encounter with King Jesus. And I just want to stop here on the beginning and remind you that the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, has not changed. I don't care how messed up. I don't care how down and out. I don't care how broken. I don't care how, how crazy your life may seem to be. You can be in a wilderness. You can be in a dry place. You can feel like all hell is broken loose and nothing can turn around. I dare you to surrender your life to King Jesus and watch him turn your life around. You can go from being broke, busted, and disgusted to being blessed and highly favored of the Lord because it's the difference when the king gets in your life. Understand this. The Bible said that Jesus is the king of kings. He's referred to as the lion of the tribe of Judah. You need to understand, I'm going to jump in this. You said it earlier, kingship, royalty, and boldness. I want to tell you that you are royalty this morning. John chapter 1 verse 6 says this, Jesus is called the Lamb of God to illustrate his, his um, gentleness and willingness to be the sacrifice. But also Revelation 5, he's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah to display his absolute authority and power over creation. I wrote it down like this. We need to be intimately acquainted with Jesus both as our Savior but also as our King. Watch this. Because how many of you still believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again? Am I in the right church this morning? Uh, I'm going to ask again. How many of you still believe that Jesus Christ is returning again? Understand why is that important? Because when Jesus returned, he's not returning as the lamb. He's returning as the lion. When Jesus returns, he's not returning to die. He's returning to reign. When Jesus returns, he's not returning to suffer. He's returning to put down evil all at once and forever when he comes back and set foot on this earth. And I want to declare this morning that Jesus, the line of the tribe of Jesus, Judah, someday at some point is going to return to this earth. I still believe that the eastern sky is going to split. I'm going to preach this stuff because you don't hear nothing about rapture, the, the return of Jesus Christ anymore. I'm good. I like the, no, 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 no. Jesus is going to return. And the question is, are you ready for his return? No man knows the day, the time, or hour. See, I don't live on edge and I don't live one, one today, today. I'm just going to live like every day is the last day. How about that. I'm just going to live like at any moment because it can. Before this service is out, the trumpet can sound and we will be caught up and meet with him in the air. Oh my God. Those who are alive and remain and the dead in Christ, the Bible said, will rise up first. Come on somebody. I still believe in the rapture. Understand we can trace when the Bible said this, that he was the line of the tribe of Judah. Ooh, I got to get somewhere that we can trace back to Genesis. Jacob's prophecy over his son Judah. His name means praise. Judah means praise. But in Genesis, watch this, chapter 49, verse eight. Listen to what it says. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hands will be on the neck of your... See, oh God, I'm, I gotta stay focused. I gotta stay focused. 
your hand will be on the necks of your enemy. See, that's why, I'm gonna go there. That's why when I just told you about prayer, did you hear that? Praise is a way that we put our neck. I got eight people that's awake. Praise puts the hand, watch this, around the neck of the enemy. Notice that. Oh, God. All right. Your father's son will bow down to you. Listen, Judah is a young lion. My son, you, ret you return from the kill. He crouches, he lies down like a lion or a lioness who dares to rouse him. Listen, the scepter will not depart from Judah or the staff from between his feet until he mm, whose right it is comes and the obedience of the people belongs to him. See, when it talks about the lion of the tribe of Judah, yes, Judah means praise, but what it's given you is Judah was the lineage of where the kings would come. And he's saying, there's coming one. Good God. Oh, can I read it to you again? Notice what it said. The scepter will not depart or the staff, which means the scepter and the staff is what kings held in their hand that signified rule and authority. And the scripture said, between his feet until he whose right comes and the obedience of the people belong to him. So when you talk about the lion of the tribe of Judah, it speaks of the lineage of the kings where Jesus Christ, the king of kings, will come through. I'm going somewhere. Somebody shout royalty. Because when you understand that you come from, when I say you come from royalty, there has to be a king in the equation. Because see, when you got saved, you just didn't become a Christian. Not just a believer. You became a part of the royal family. Not of England, but of the kingdom of God. And see, I got, okay, let me give you scripture because I got to hear. Here's what it says in 1 Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen generation. They're going to put it up. A royal priesthood a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Notice he said chosen. In other words, you and I are not a random selection. We are a deliberate choice. I'm gonna say it again. We're not a random selection. We are a deliberate choice. When he said a royal priesthood, it means a ruling and authoritative capacity because if I had time, I'd break it down to Romans chapter one and six because the Bible says we are king and priests of the Most High God. And it's when we operate in our priestly role, it gives us the authority to operate in our kingly role. In other words, you can't operate as a king if you're not a real, real willing to operate as a priest. In other words, you can't have prayer. Come on, you can't have power if you don't have prayer. It's prayer, it's prayer that enables you to operate in the power. Am I losing you this morning? 
because I need you to understand that you are chosen. Royal priesthood. You are not a pumper. You are not a beggar. You're not a lowlife. I don't care what it looks like. Quit determining your kingdom value by the car you drive, the clothes you have, the job you work, the money. That has nothing. If you are blood-bought and born again, you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Come on. Ruling and reigning and heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. We got to help the church realize who we really are. I'm tired of believers being defeated. I'm tired of us walking around like we're good. No, no, no. That is not what this Bible teaches. Because when you understand who you are, you also understand who you're not. All right, I'm gonna preach now. See, 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 this is a problem. Because see, notice what he said. He said, a chosen generation, royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation, mm. which means a set apart, a set apart, a set aside, unified group. A part that is set aside, unified for a special purpose. And then he defines it. You ready? He said, to show forth the praises of him that has brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I got a question. Is there anybody in here this morning? Remember when you were in darkness, raise your hand. Okay? You remember you were in darkness. Put your hands down. Is anybody in here this morning say that I remember when I was in darkness, but now I know I'm in this marvelous light? Raise your hand. I'm gonna try it again. Those that remember they were in darkness, raise your hand, hands down. Those that understand now you're in, your, in his marvelous light, raise your hand. I'm gonna try it one more time. Those of you that remember when you were in darkness, raise your hand, put it down. Those of you that now know that you're in the marvelous light, raise your hand. You, you see how it's building? Because somebody is getting it. Because it said if you're in the marvelous light, you should be showing forth the praises of him that brought you out. So if you are sitting there and you raise your hand and say, I'm part of the marvelous light, but you are silent, could it be you're confused about where you really are? Because he said our assignment and responsibility as the royal priesthood, as a chosen generation, as a peculiar priesthood, is to never be silent about where God brought us from and what he has brought us through and brought us out. So I'm going to try it one more time. Is there anybody in here that's in his marvelous light this morning? Raise your hand. See, I, see, I'm going to get there. I got to hurry. See, see, you got to have a revelation of your redemption. 
Because if you don't have a revelation of your redemption, here it is, you won't understand the power of your roar. If you don't have, I'm going to say it over here, you don't understand the power of your roar if you don't have a revelation of your redemption because your prayer, your praise, your proclamation, and your prayer is part of your roar in the kingdom, your roar in the spirit. And some of you, oh, come on somebody, because if you don't understand where you've been brought from, you won't understand the power of that roar because when I open up my mouth and praise, when I open up my mouth and prophesy, when I open up my mouth and proclaim, when I open up my mouth and decree, when I open up my mouth and declare, when I open up my mouth and pray, when I open up my mouth and supplicate, when I open up my mouth and intercede, when I open up my mouth and preach, when I open up my mouth and sing, it's just not any normal sound that's coming out of my mouth. There's a roar in the spirit. If you really got a revelation of your redemption. I used this before, but it's worth helping some of you out, especially our young people, because I want them to understand that even now as infants, they got a roar. Even now as teenagers, they got a roar. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the enemy wants to silence, but they got a roar. Jeff, if you help me out, let's throw this clip up here and help everybody understand what I'm talking about, and I'm going to move on. Watch this. Strength and in my ability. Do it again. If you ever come near my son again. Oh, this is this is your son. Oh, yours? <laughs> Did you know? And who no, when he's yeah, well pleased? No, did you? No, of course not. No. Ed? <laughs> my point is see, it's not just your roar. Because when you say his words, you're speaking lion. Because he is his word. He is the lion. And when I praise him, I'm roaring. When I speak him, I'm roaring. And it's not just your voice that's coming through. It's the power of the spirit of God that's echoing through you. Did you know that a lion's roar can be heard up to five miles away and it's used to mark territory? It's used to tell the enemy you better back up. And it's used to let him know that the king is on up. My God is here now, and you better be careful. I need some lions in Free Chapel Spartanburg this morning to take 10 seconds and give God a roar. I love it. I love it. Please don't turn me down. I love it. 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 See what? I gotta hurry. But see, one of the things about the lion and the lioness, what I love is the lioness, it said they're the hunters. They go out and find the food. But what I love about the lion, it said his responsibility is to make sure he watch over the cubs. I need to talk to some lion-hearted men. I hold, excuse me, women, for a minute. I need to talk to some lion-hearted men. And I need to talk to you this morning because we got a responsibility to watch out for the cubs. We got a responsibility to watch out for the next generation. 
And what we need to do is like Job, every morning lay a sacrifice on the altar of prayer and I call out our children's name, call our grandchildren's name. And every time you're doing it, you are roaring in the morning. I'm not just going to get up drinking coffee, putting on clothes, going to work. No, I'm going to stop for a minute and roar through praise because I got a daughter and I got a son that I refuse to let hell get. Do I have any daddy lions, any lion-hearted men in here that says to ask for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Ooh. I don't know where I'm going now. The Bible said this. Somebody shout kingship. Somebody shout royalty. Somebody shout boldness. The Bible said in Proverbs 28 verse 1, the wicked flees when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Righteousness is the foundation for boldness. Notice, wicked flees, wicked it, <laughs> in the world, wicked flees when no man pursues, but righteousness is as, the righteous are as bold as a lion. In other words, righteousness is the foundation of my boldness. In other words, righteousness, I am in right standing with God. I am in relationship with God because watch this, this defines the type of boldness because you can be a foolish, foolish and bold. The Bible says, and I think it's Proverbs 14, 16, that a fool rages and is bold. See, there's foolish boldness. I'm not tell, giving you permission to act the fool, act crazy. Pastor told me to be bold. So you go to work tomorrow and get fired for acting crazy. I ain't tell you that. You go there to work. All my business people and managers say, yeah, I didn't ask you to come in and get, get these dishes done. No, I'm sorry, but let me get right here. The Bible said, he who knew no sin became sin, though he might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness is the foundation, but it's a holy boldness. It's biblical boldness. Let me put it to you like this. Oh, where's my, there it is right here. What do I mean by that? Oh, where's it? Let me give it to you. There it is. It's, it, it is, it's outspoken, unreserved, cheerful, and courageous. Listen, divine enablement, exhibiting spiritual power, in authority. This is something more than speaking loud. This is much, much more than flexing your muscles. This is something more than getting up hollering. No, 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 no. It's a divine enablement that comes upon you to be courageous for the kingdom of God. Watch this. Can I keep going? Listen to this. Boldness was the mark of the early church that made them successful. Acts 4 said this, now the Lord, look, now Lord, listen to what they said on their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal mm, and that signs and wonders may be done through your holy servant Jesus. And they had prayed and the place they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with Boldness, the early church. Listen, it will notice what they said. How do we mm, let me just preach this? We have no idea 
I'm going to say it. We are spoiled in the Western culture of the church. They're persecuted. We don't know persecution. I know it's crazy with stuff. It's nowhere near what the early church dealt and faced with. Read history. Read the context of the text. They had more than, listen, I'm not, they had more than stuff that we had going on. Way more. Their rulers, dictators, authorities were way harsher and crazier than anything we've ever seen. But yet, listen what they said. We're not going to back down. We're not going to compromise. We're not going to acquiesce. We're still God's people. We're still children of the Most High God. We are still royalty. And the Bible said they were growing, they were thriving, they were excelling in the midst of some of the greatest persecution. And that's why they prayed. Not that we would get more quieter, not that we would get more calmer, but God make us more bolder to stand firm on our values, to stand firm on our beliefs and stand firm and hold the line according to the gospel. Let us continue to, oh, come on somebody. See, I done ticked somebody off when I told you it was worse. Cause we're like, ah, I didn't get my parking space. No, none of that stuff. They understood how to deal with the opposition. The Bible said they came together and pray. Oh God, that's why we can never minimize the value of corporate prayer, coming together corporately, coming together in small group settings. Uh, and this ain't a promotion for the ministry. No, it's not. It's the Bible is what this is because that's where they were. They were in a house. They got together. They said, let's get together. It's getting crazy. It's getting jacked up out here. But this is how we fight our battles. This is how we respond. We don't get on social media and go crazy. Nah, 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 boo, boo, going back and forth with everybody. Ain't doing nothing but getting in the flesh, ain't doing nothing but exciting devils. No, we gonna get on our knees, we gonna come together, and we gonna pray because when we pray, God will release angels. When we pray, God will begin to move. When we pray, come on somebody, it was the church that prayed. Oh, come on, that loose Philip out of jail, Peter out of jail. It was a church that was praying, that turned situations and circumstances around. A praying church that knew the power of corporate gathering whether it was in a church building or in their homes they had the game face of a lion that could see a lion they said I know my pride mm. they kept with their pride their gang they hung out with other lions good God who are you hanging out with who are you hanging out with you hanging out with a bunch of hyenas you won't have oh come on son mm -hmm. yeah 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 well, who, who, what's, what's your crowd look like these people didn't have time to be up for no foolishness because too much was at stake somebody say boldness boldness is God taking ordinary people and giving them extraordinary boldness? Acts 4, 3, it said, now when they saw the boldness, listen this, of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, they marveled, marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Wait a minute. They stood up to the Sanhedrin. Let me give you some context because remember, this was Peter and John. 
We're talking about old loud mouth ear cutting cussing Peter. Yeah, I said it. Somebody turned around and said, did he call my name? No, I'm just playing. But no, no, no. We're talking about Peter that denied Jesus. Peter that was unstable, a reed shaking in the wind. But now we see him stand up and notice what they said. These boys are not trained in theological seminary. They have not been under our counsel and teaching and guide. You know how people do the, you know, that thing is, what is that force like? Intergestion. I don't understand why they talk like that. But, but he said, and I'm not knocking education. I'm not doing that. You better get educated. I'm all for education. I'm not, I'm not for education that makes you dumber than a rock, though, after you get it all. But anyway, but they noticed something. They said, we know their background. We know their pedigree. These old fishermen. What in the world? How are they standing up in this authority? Watch this. How are they sounding like Jesus? How are they doing what Jesus did? How are they loving like Jesus? And the only thing, the conclusion that we can uh, draw, because there's a bona fide notable miracle that we cannot deny. That man was lame, but now he's leaping. The only thing that we can conclude is they had been with the Lord. They had been with Jesus. They had a relationship with the lion of the tribe of Judah, which says that Jesus can take any uneducated and unlearned, no matter your background, no matter your past, if you get along with him, there's a boldness and authority and an influence and a power that he can put on your life that you can not get in any, come on, okay, upper education, I'm not downing it, but they had a holy boldness that came from God above that causes them to stick out and gave them great influence. And I believe that's what the church, God wants to do for his church. Is that we be a people marked by holy boldness regardless of our background regard even if you are educated Paul said I'm educated I've been to school I sit under the council of Gamaliel I got it all but I cut all things but dung that I might win the excellency of the knowledge of him he said I got brains but I won't baptize brains come on somebody I'm smart huh? but I don't want to just be smart I want to be anointed and smart I want to be educated and empowered come on that's what we need too but he understood that it should have been a mark and what I'm saying to you I pray it over our children not our children I'm talking about the children of this church all the time and I declare Romans 1:16 over them that they will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation that none of our children will ever worry about trying to be chameleon Christians. Blend in and quiet. Christianity is not some covert operation. But that we will have children that will be bold about their Lord. They will be bold like Daniel. Daniel. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They will have bold obedience that says we won't bow down to the images of this culture. We won't turn our hearts from our devotion to prayer to the God who we know is in control. Because I thought about this this week that the Hebrew boys could have easily succumbed and said this, well, wait a minute, look what all Nebuchadnezzar has done for us. Because he did. He, he lifted them up. He elevated them. He gave them stuff. He gave them things. See, the difference between Egyptian bondage and Babylonian captivity, see, that's the deception in it. They were in captivity. <laughs> but see, Babylonian captivity allowed you to thrive to make you, mm, to make you think you were succeeding, but you was, you was controlled by the government anyway. But, uh, but, but, but I'm just telling you, Egyptian bondages, they couldn't do nothing but be slaves. But see, we got to be careful. You might be out of Egyptian bondage, but are you in Babylonian captivity? Because Nebuchadnezzar was blessing them, prospering them, raising them. And they could have easily said, why defy the king? Look what he done for us. I'm, I'm TikTok famous. I'm YouTube glamorous. Facebook fanatic. But I believe those young boys, listen to me young teenagers, I believe young students and young adults, those, that young generation knew something. Mm -mm. You might be the instrument, but God is the source. And I refuse to break my devotion to the source and give any, come on, devotion to you that's just a, a, just a means or an instrument. Because see, what Nebuchadnezzar thought that he was in control, he never had control. God was always in control. Remember, it was Daniel that says, the most high rules in the kingdom of men. And they understood, I refuse to give myself to someone who's think they're in control when I know my God is in control. And if God is my source, he will lift me up and no man can bring you down, young people. If God is your source, he'll raise you up. He'll bless you. He'll prosper you. He'll give you a name. He'll exalt you. But if man do it, he can pull it down. If man do it, he can snatch it away. If man do it, he can rob you from it. But God said, I will raise you up and no man. And I believe that it's time to get a roar back. It's time to be bold believers again. It's time for us to not be timid and shy about what we believe. And I'm not talking about crazy, but really standing firm. I'm gonna say this. The Lord dealt with me about some of you. And I wrote it, I wrote it, wrote it. He said, he said, declare, I'm gonna restore their roar. Because some of you, God's puts things inside of you. You've been on the sidelines. Yeah. You, you even laid some stuff down. I come to awaken that this morning. It's time. You've been sitting too long. You've been questioning it too long. And let me just say this. Here it is. Some of you have even gone through some hurt. I'm going to even say it church hurt. And things that you haven't recovered from and get over and things like that. I get it. 
God didn't mean for that roar to stay silent all your life. It's time. God wants to restore the roar. Your voice matters. Your influence matters. Your purpose matters. Your calling matters. Your anointing matters. Hear this pastor this morning. It's just the pastor's heart. I told you I refuse my heart's passion is to push people and encourage people to be everything that God has called them to be. And I don't want you walking around silence of the lambs when we've been called to be roaring lions. Restore. Father, I declare, decree it right now. Lift up your hands. Stand up on your feet. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hands right now. Say, say that's me. I, I know it is. I know people in here. God, restore the roar. Hallelujah. Restore the roar in the name of Jesus. Restore the roar in the name of Jesus. Restore the roar. Pick that pen up and start writing again. Restore the roar. Restore the roar. Pick that idea up again. I know you went through a hard time, and I know you went through a struggling time. Pick that idea up again. Dust that business idea off in the name of Jesus. Restore the roar. Restore the roar. Lord, restore it. Restore it in Jesus' name. Mm. I got to do something. Every head bow and every eye close. There's people in this room, you can't get a roar until you have the lion in you. The lion is Jesus, and he has to come into your heart. He has to forgive you and cleanse you and wash you. Not church, not religion, not I grew up around it, mama always brought, no, no, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about a personal decision to allow the lion to come into your heart. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Watch this. Come boldly. Listen, listen to what it is. The throne of grace that you might find mercy. Not a throne of judgment, but a throne of grace. And that word bold right there, come boldly, means, watch this. <laughs> Spirit, I'm going to put it like this. You understand it. It's spiritual First Amendment right of freedom of speech in the presence of God. It means to come unreservedly, boldly, holding nothing back, and watch this, and giving it all to God and being honest with him. Because the first part of that says, seeing that we have a high priest who's touched with the feelings of our infirmities, who understands our weakness, come boldly. You know what he's saying? Bring me your issues. Bring me your struggles. I want you to boldly bring in me the things that are keeping you from a relationship with me. He said, boldly bring it. I understand. Nobody else understands, but God understands. I understand your hurt. I understand your pain. I understand what you've gone through. He said, I was tempted like every one of you were. I've been through the pains like ever. There's nothing that you've felt or faced that I have not felt in my own body. He said, I understand. 
but he said, boldly bring it to me. Boldly give it to me. Boldly lay it down. Don't let it continue to rob you of a relationship with me. He wants to relieve you of the pain. He wants to restore your life. Release your gifts. And reinstate you into your kingdom priestly role as what you were created to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Javon, you're talking to me. It's time for me to quit playing godly games. I'm going to come boldly today. I'm coming boldly and I'm laying it down because Jesus said to come. And I'm not going to let these things hold me back anymore. There's a dad that needs to come today. Your family's dependent. Not only is your relationship with God, your family needs the lion in you to rise up. It's not enough for you, sir, to go through the motions. I know you come to church, but do you have a relationship with him? time for you to get your roar if you're in this room this morning you would say Javon you're talking to me I, I, I'm ready to surrender I'm ready to come boldly because Jesus said this if you're not bold before me I won't be bold up for me publicly I won't be bold before you before my father he said if you deny me before men I'll deny you before my father God was bold about sending his son will you be bold about re re responding to him that's my last point Will you respond boldly? I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if I'm talking to you right where you're standing, I want you to shoot your hand up quickly up in the air and hold it there. And I'm going to pray for you. One, if you know I'm talking to you. Two, if you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you and wooing you and you know, listen, it's time, it's time. It's time for me to get my roar back. It's time for me to get my life back. I realize I'm meant to be royalty. I've been living life as a pomper. I've been living life less than. And it's time for me to get it together. I'm ready to make Jesus Christ truly the Lord of my life. Or maybe you need to rededicate. This is your moment. Three, if I'm talking to you, raise your hand up as quickly as you can. I want to see it. I see that hand. That's it. I see that hand. Raise it up. Raise it up unashamedly. There's a hand. Raise it up. There's a hand. There's a hand. Yep, there's a hand. Raise it up unashamedly. I see those hands. Raise it up. Yep, 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 yep. Unashamedly. There you go. There you go. Anybody else? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now, now listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to trust me. I'm not going to do anything crazy, but I do. I want to meet you. I'm going to jump down. When I get done, I'm going to jump down, and I'm going to stand right here. And every one of you raise that, that raised your hand, I want to personally meet you and greet you. Our prayer team will come, but I want to personally meet you and say hello, look at you in the, in the eyes and say, God bless you and we love you. So when I get to three again, every one of you that raised your hand as quickly as you can, listen, when you start moving, this place is going to start clapping. They're going to start rejoicing because many of them are dead what you're about to do. And so what they, they see is not just a person coming down the aisle. What they see is they see people going to get their roar. They see people going to come in a part of the royalty, the royal family. And that's why it's exciting. They're coming home. They're coming home. That's why they're going to celebrate. So one, two, and three. If you raise your hand, come on. Come on. Meet me right here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Free Chapel, you know how we do it. Come on. Celebrate. Come on. Come on. Come on. Roar for them. For, roar for them this morning. Come on. Come on. That's it. Come on. 
Come on, come out of your seat. That's it. Every one of you. Come on, that's it. Don't stop. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. We're in this together. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. There's somebody still walking. As long as I see people walking, you keep clapping. That's it. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to do something. I know sometimes this is new for everybody and this is a bit intimidating, but this is the first part of boldness. So I'm going to ask you to do something, those of you are still in your seat. We're going to be the church right now. I want you to ask the person on the left and on the person on the right. Say, listen, we're in this together. If you need to go down front and you know you need to be there and you feel like you need to be there, I'll walk down there with you. I'll go with you. I'll be bold with you. If you want to go, we'll do it together. And so I'm going to count to three one more time. I want you to ask people, and if there's anybody that you, that wants to, come on, we're a big family, and this is what it's all about. Walk with them down there, because we're not just going to walk with them today. We're going to continue to walk with them in their walking relationship with Jesus Christ. You guys know I like to count. So one, if you know you need to, two, if you know you need to be here, three. Come on back. Come on down. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's a beautiful family right here. Come on. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Here they are. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's a pride right there. That's what the lions do. Come on, they gather around. <laughs> they gather around. <laughs> Stretch your hands this way toward these amazing people. Every one of you down here, when I tell them to stretch their hands, they're just praying for you. They're about to roar for you in the spirit as you pray this prayer. But every one of you down here that responded, raise your hand. I want to say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died and rose again. And the blood you shed cleanses me from all of my sins. And today I repent and I ask you to forgive me. I receive you in my heart. Thank you for forgiving me, cleansing me, giving me a new start and a fresh beginning. Right now, I am the righteousness of God. And because I am righteous, I receive boldness as a lion 
because now the lion of the tribe of Judah is in me. From this day forward, Holy Spirit, teach me, help me, and show me how to roar for Jesus and his kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. For more information about this message or to join us at one of our live services at Free Chapel Spartanburg, visit freechapel.org Spartanburg. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you soon at Free Chapel Spartanburg.